Thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining Jews and others in Nebraska to Israel, exploring the ties that bind us through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Potash in Omaha, and I'm joined with my co-host, Liz Feldstern in Jerusalem. Liz, how are you today? I'm good, Alan. How are you? Great. Today we have a great guest, Shuri Tenney Phillips. Uh, we both have known Shuri for a long time. Uh, Shuri, I believe, has a unique story that we have not addressed yet. That is, she is the daughter of an Israeli and has grown up in a in a dual uh, world of being American and being an Israeli. So Shiri, welcome. And uh, it's good to have you today. And I'm going to just start off with a quick question. What's it like having two identities? Thanks. Thanks, Alan. Uh, glad to be here. So um, yeah, I'm Shiri. And yeah, I love that introduction. What is it like to have two identities? I feel that way sometimes. I feel that... Um, I'm mostly American. I was born in America, um, but I also lived in Israel uh, for almost three years when I was younger in elementary school. So um, growing up in a home with a mother who was American and her whole family lived in America um, and also a father who is Israeli and his whole family living in Israel. Um, it felt very dual and um, pull. I felt very pulled in two directions growing up. And I still do to this day. I feel pulled in two ways. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you have to choose one or the other, or are you able to blend them together? Um, I, I feel that I, we blend together very well. Um, it's, it's more that, that, that longing of being able to be together in one place, I think is where that dual like separation, that feeling comes from. Um, there was, it was very easy growing up to feel like we were part of the, our Israeli family um, when we weren't in Israel. So whether it would be through like telecommunication or keeping in touch, I mean, this was, I'm talking before Skype even, um, we would be on the phone with each other or writing letters and being in contact with one another constantly. And then once that started, then we felt even more connected um, as if we were in the same room together. So there was always a split of being separated, but we, my parents made a really big effort to keep us connected. Um, so we didn't feel as if we were so split. You know, uh, one of the things that Alan and I have been talking a lot about is identity, which you've talked about having two different identities and, and what that's like. And I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about you know, your American identity obviously is, you know, solidified by the fact that you lived here, there many more years than you did in Israel. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, why you and how maybe you still feel like in what ways you feel connected to Israel, even though it hasn't been your place of residence for most of your life? I mean, you talked a little bit about family. Are there other I have parts of your identity or ways that you feel connected to Israel? 
Yeah, I, I do. Um, I think that, um, I think like, like I was saying before, I think one of the biggest uh, connections that I have is through communication with my family. But I think that also it's the traveling. So if we're going to Israel, that being there is a big part of keeping connected. Um, but I think a it plays, so it's an interesting conversation. It plays this like interesting role where my mom came from a, from a conservative family um, in the States, uh, going to a conservative shul growing up on the West Coast. And my mom found it very important to uh, keep us involved as children growing up um, since we weren't in Israel anymore when we moved back to the States to keep us involved in the synagogue life because we didn't have that Jewish connection um, in public school or um, coming to the Midwest, we, we were sort of absent of that everyday, like in Israel, you have it, right? Like you live there, you're Jewish. It doesn't even matter if you go to shul, you're just, you're part, you're engulfed, you're, you're Jewish. Sure, and the calendar and everything ev- else. Everything, it's just part of your life. And my mom made a big effort to keep us involved in that, um, in our Jewish life in the States, which kept us connected to that part of being Israeli Jewish, to that connection of, you see where I'm going? Like it's, it was almost like one big bubble, right? Being Jewish was part of being Israeli and my father didn't understand what that really meant in the States because he grew up with it surrounding him. He didn't understand that. So once we came to Omaha, it was really important to keep us involved in the Jewish community. Um, So to this day, I find that still as important and I feel connected to Israel and connected to uh, my home there by being involved in the Jewish community here. I mean, I I think that, I think that's a a great, story in itself that um, I think many of us who have a connection to Israel stay rooted within the Jewish community because that's a bridge that's easy to cross. Did your father grow up in a religious environment in Israel? No, I mean, the history of my dad's family is interesting. His his grandfather was like, um, was an ultra-Orthodox rabbi in B'nai B'lach. And my grandfather, Yaakov, left that home at, I think, under 18, he left, like, either, I think, right after the army, he, he didn't go back to the religious life, and left the home, and they, and then, and they never, um, my dad didn't grow up with any religious upbringing, other than keeping kosher, but um, with his safta living in the home with them, so no, I mean, he didn't grow up with anything other than just being secular, a secular Jew growing up in Ramat Gan, like in a big city. And, and, you know, like, I think, um, I, I find that interesting, like the history of that, um, where he didn't have to stay very Jew, very religious to feel Jewish. Right. Um, and you and you hear about that with most Israelis. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Go ahead, Liz. Uh, well, Shira, you've uh, shared with us so nicely about your, you know, your dual identities, and I wonder whether, um, whether that, you know, being Israeli American or American Israeli is something that you feel comfortable sharing, you know, outside of this lovely sp- safe space that Alan and I have created in the larger. A Nebraskan community or the American community in general, and if that is something that has changed over time, because clearly you know there have been certain political changes um, of recent times, and I just wonder whether how you talk about yourself maybe has changed or changes from place to place. I think I think it's a great question and something that I'm always um, confronting. Um, in my life, um, I, I was actually contemplating like when I might have started feeling this way. And I guess this is a little background. I, I do feel like I sometimes can't introduce myself as an American Israeli. I think sometimes I prefer that if anyone were to know really who I am, it's I'm, I'm Jewish. Like that's really how I prefer to introduce myself in America. Um, I, I, I was contemplating when I started feeling that way of sort of hide, not hiding. I never felt like I need to hide that I'm Israeli. I I don't feel that way typically, but in certain crowds, yes, I feel that it's not necessary to bring up. Um, And I, I, I'm, I was, I thought maybe like back when I, um, back in college, when BDS was really starting to pick up, um, and experiencing that life on campus of seeing all these different aspects of extreme, right, of extremism and um, anti-Semitism that I started to contemplate, is it really the right choice in America to say, to, to introduce myself that way? So, um, and then as time has gone on here in the last few years, um, it just, it's depend, it depends on what crowd I'm with, right? Like, and what group setting I'm in. Going, and, back, going back to your college years, Sherry, did you have pressure from other people to be more uh, strongly aligned with Israel or you internally kind of found a way to protect yourself on both sides? I found a way to protect myself on both sides. I, I, nobody was, um, pushing me to be, uh, more on one side than the other. I find myself very like middle when my view, my viewpoint on Israel, I don't even know what to call it. I come, I come from a father who I don't want to call him conservative because he's not conservative. He's just, I think he has this old, old school mentality of what it's like to be an Israeli in Israel growing up. Um, he's been a long time since he's lived there. And then I also have this uh, liberal part of me who's very like reform and I, and I don't like everything that's happening there. And I'm not happy about things that politically are going on in Israel. But when it comes to um, America and sort of laying myself out on the table that I am Israeli to a stranger that I really don't know anything about, I don't want that to affect their viewpoint of me um, and, and my beliefs and really who I am. So really it doesn't, 
I don't know why I feel that way. It's just something in the last couple of years that has, I've sort of laid, I've walked away from, from saying too much. Um, because I used to never feel that way. I used to never feel that way. I used to be very proud. And now I, I think with all the hate crime that's happening, I've, I'm feeling silenced a bit. Um, and maybe it's all the work and research I've been doing with the ADL. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and the education that I'm doing for them and in training young ones to speak up. I feel I would speak up if something were to happen in front of me. So I don't, I don't know why I feel that way. I don't know. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> I go on a tangent. <laughs> no, no, your answers are great. As I'm listening to you talk um, and, and thinking through how you as someone who, you know, spent time in Israel, who has family in Israel, who grew up with this Israeli identity, um, have for various, you know, political reasons or, or feeling like your liberal views are at odds, perhaps with, with Israel. Um, if you feel that sort of disconnect, I wonder what that means for American Jews who don't have a family connection to Israel or haven't spent significant amounts of time in the country. Are there other American Jews that perhaps you've spoken with that have you've had the opportunity to, to hear their views? Are they also feeling maybe more distanced from Israel or that now they really don't want to have any connection with Israel because they don't have the family aspects like you've talked about as, you know, really central to your connection? That's a, that's a good question. I don't have a good answer to that. Um, I, I can't think of an example of somebody that I've really sat down with and explained why I feel this way or like politically um, explained to them why my perspective is this way or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't have a good answer to that. Um, I just know, you know, with my, um, in my own family life, it's been, um, I, I guess I do have, I have examples of that with people that I'm not close with. Um, people like outside of my immediate circle where conversations are being, are being had, um, on the state of things, um, in Israel and, um, and listening, right? Like there's mutual listening across the board because it's, it's one, one perspective versus the other. We're, you know, having a good, uh, conversation, but, um, yeah. Do, do you feel like you have to keep up on the news in Israel or current events in Israel? Yeah. In order to... For sure. It's constant. It's, it's, <laughs> everything's always going and changing. Um, to, to go back to that question, I, and I know this, this might be a little bit off of what that is, but I, I feel there's somewhat of a connection to that, that when there, when the climate is really hot in Israel and we have, um, bombs going off or like the rockets are flying and there's heat happening on the ground. 
that's when I'm feeling most vulnerable. And I, I have a really hard time holding it together sometimes being in the States here and seeing people just going on with their lives, like nothing's happening. Cause I feel that there's this, like just this gut wrenching feeling in my gut all day long that things aren't okay. This is not okay. Things are like people, like everyone they're sleeping in the bomb shelter right now. This it's not okay. Like children are being scared at, at home. I feel like it's home, right? Like, I feel like they're, they're just, they're there, they're home. This could be happening here right now and people wouldn't be feeling okay. So there's that disconnect that I get in the States um, with uh, whether it's like my close circle of friends or um, others. I mean, I don't express it much. I guess I bottle things up a little bit, but um, we talk a lot about it in the home life. <laughs> so that's, that's our time to converse about it. I am sure you have two young kids and I, I am, am curious what they know about Israel, what they think about Israel. Is it someplace you read children's books about or look at pictures of or, or talk about wanting to travel there or how, they, how, they, how they've experienced Israel so far? Um, Mara's been to Israel are she's six and Noah is 20 about 20 months now and so he's never even been anywhere outside of Nebraska because of the pandemic um or outside of the Midwest I guess I should say um but they know Mara knows a bit we made the conscious decision to send her to Friedel um and the Jewish day school in Omaha and for that being, I really wanted her to be immersed in Hebrew and feel that connection in some way in her life um, that she wasn't going to probably get by just going to Hebrew school like once a week. Um, Hebrew school has changed a lot since we went um, when I was her age or a little older than her. So we, we both did. My husband and I both wanted her to feel that connection and it's been really positive. So there's that part of her life that she, that I think has really um, expanded her viewpoint on Israel and like feeling that connection. But I think also like we're, we're, we're WhatsApp, like we're, we're talking to everyone constantly, whether it's like FaceTime or on WhatsApp. So she knows her cousins and, um, and that's important. That's, that's been, that's important for me to have her feel like she has that connection there. Um, and I get support on for me and my husband, we both feel the same way. So we'll see how, how things go with pandemic. We're trying to buy our tickets, but. So, so you have a, a plan, you have a plan to take, the two kids uh, to Israel soon to see the family in Israel. Yeah, we'd like to. So my Safta passed away during the pandemic. Right, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and so my father couldn't even go to the funeral and it's been, it was really, it's been really hard. It was really hard for everybody. So 
it's, I mean, it's just time for everyone to go. We go at least once a year. We try to, or every other year, or maybe they, if they were here for my sister's wedding. So we consider that one <laughs> trip <laughs> and then the pandemic hit. So we couldn't go again. Um, at least we want to, we want to make sure the kids are safe before we book any trips. Otherwise, David and I will just go, um, or I'll just go. I don't know. It's so up in the air. Yeah, not not an easy time to be trying to plan travel anywhere. No, it's it's stress. I mean, it's, I don't know. We, we just don't want to have to go there and then be quarantined. And, you know, it's not, um, and the kids aren't vaccinated yet. So we don't feel completely comfortable with taking them on a 12-hour flight. But it's time to go and be with everybody. Um, and have them meet Noah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So there's that gap, right? That, that missing, that longing for everybody. Especially since you had such a close relationship with your Israeli family all these years to have that gap. It's, it's difficult. You said yeah. something earlier that triggered a thought um, that might be a little uncomfortable, and this might not be the, the place to have the conversation, because it's more of a longer conversation, but it's the global American, not global, the American Jewish view of Israel has changed over the years. Um, and it's hard for people who are strong Israel supporters and strong uh, Jewish identity people to, to hear people who come from similar backgrounds that can't speak positively about Israel. And I wonder if you're seeing that more of your generation, of your age group, than in previous years? I see it more in the younger, like even just a little bit younger than me. Um, I think I'm sort of on that cutoff of folks who, um, I know what, it, I think like a millennial, I, I'm not, I'm like right in the middle there of millennial or the next, the next level. I don't even know what it is. Um, but I see, I do see, I do see that. Um, I, I do. Um, and I've, I've seen, I've seen different viewpoints by being a facilitator for the ADL and going into colleges and hearing their viewpoints, um, about Israel, but having constructive conversation around that topic. So, so yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. To the answer that question. I mean, on both both boards, right? I have we have a wide variety of our, our friend group is uh, we have some older people like ten year almost ten years older than us in our friend group, but then we also um, David is one of four children, so there's like viewpoints of younger the younger generation ten years younger than us that we see and we're around. So um, And and that's what that's what makes it so interesting here in America. You're going to get all those viewpoints, right? And you get it there in Israel too. Not everybody's on the same page with anything, so it doesn't matter. Like everyone's going to have a different opinion on something. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. But but I but I do think what you've you know pointed to and talked about is a a, a real change in that. You know, while maybe there's always been a variety of opinions, I think that for a very long time, 
a, a basic level of support, and I would even say pride in Israel amongst American Jews was the norm mm-hmm. for a very long time. And for, you know, some segment of the American Jewish population, and I don't know exactly how big it is, and I don't know exactly how old they are, but they definitely exist, to not feel like they can proudly support Israel um, it is a real change and is a very different type of relationship between American Jews and Israelis. And, you know, one of the things that Alan and I are curious and why we're having these conversations is because we want to really, you know, flesh out what is that change and, and what does it mean for the relationship between American Jews and, and Israelis going forward. Um, is that something that you have thought about or noticed? It's that's what I mean by like within the last, I'd say 10 years of my life. It's like my opinion has transitioned. I've, I grew up though too. Right. And I, and I don't, and I'm not in my parents' home anymore. Like their viewpoints are different than mine now or, or, um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the whole point. Like so much has transpired in the last 10 years, 10 to 15 years politically that sometimes I don't feel comfortable saying I'm Israeli. That's a really tough thing to say out loud. Like it's really like, it's, that's, I'm so proud to be Israeli. Like, don't get me wrong. That's not like I am, that is my identity who I am. So it's me saying that I'm not really hundred percent proud with who I am because of the politics, not because of who I was raised or because of who raised me or my, my family and my relationship with my family that has nothing to do with it. It's more of like the state of politics in the USA. It's the state of politics there and people's perceptions of those things that I feel like I have to hide sometimes. And that is exactly what I, I don't want to preach to like to my children, right? Like don't hide behind anything. Don't hide behind the wall. Don't hide under the sheets. Like be who you are in the open, right? Don't be ashamed to say who you are. But with the state of things, sometimes I feel that it's just, it's easier to not. It's easier to not. Um, yeah. Sherry, thank you for sharing that. That's not easy. Mm -mm. Um, And I think that what you're touching on is something that Liz and I really feel strongly about trying, not that there's one solution out there, but helping people bridge that understanding of why it's important as as an American, as a, a Jewish American, to have a positive connection to Israel. And we're trying to do that with this podcast. And Thank you for helping us do that today. Liz, any final comments? Just to second Alan's thank you and say that it has, you know, really been a pleasure to listen to you I, um, share with us your deepest feelings and, and you know, sort of, I hope we didn't poke too much into these aspects of your identity because it, it's very personal, but we really appreciate how open you were and you're sharing it with all of us. And I appreciate it too. And thank you for what you're doing. You guys are doing great work. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Israel Rebound, a podcast connecting Jews in Nebraska 
to folks in Israel. Thank you both for being with us today. Thank you.